Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, with your host, J.R. Thickler. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Uh, 
all around us, and we're going to get into that in uh, the next few minutes. Uh, for sure, on the last few weeks, we've uh, had a tremendous time on this show as we talked to Cynthia Wilson, uh, the author and the playwright of the uh, stage play called Battered But Not Broken. And uh, that's going to be a tremendous show. And I continue to want to make sure that you understand, those of you that may be listening from the South Florida area or have relatives or friends in that area, that that show is going to be airing, going to be actually uh, going to be opened up on January 24th and in January 25th. So they have three showings, one on January 24th that night, I believe it's 6 o'clock, and January 25th, uh, two showings, 12 noon and 8 o'clock that uh, Saturday night. And so you want to know more information about that, simply go to the website, www.miramarculturalcenter.org. That's miramarculturalcenter.org. That is how you can reach. That is how you can uh, uh, get more information about tickets, and you can purchase your tickets right online. And I want to strongly encourage you, if you're contemplating going or going, please go ahead and purchase your ticket. It's so important inside of these type of uh, venues that everyone is on one accord and that everyone uh, go ahead and get it done because uh, so often when you're looking at uh, these type of grassroots stage plays that are doing excellent work, uh, the reality is that the overhead on them is very challenging. And so when you know that you have the box office covered, you know, it definitely relieves you of the problem, relieves you of so many other challenges that may be there. So I really want to encourage you tonight to go forth and do that. As always, I am so very, very excited to be with you because there is so much to talk about. I'm excited because of the difference that has been made and the difference that continue to be made inside of the lives of so many because we are willing to stand up and have a voice and to speak out against the atrocities that affects our families on every front. That's right. I believe there's an Ashante proverb that says the ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people. And I think we have to understand that that is a reality. That is a reality. We see it playing out on every front. But we must stand up and we must speak out against these type of atrocities because of the fact they affect us from every walk of life. And I'm so glad tonight to have you every week that as we come to that together we not only raise the subject matter, but together we want to educate and empower. Listen, this work here does not become gratified if you're looking for instantaneously, uh, if you're looking for instantaneous uh, reply or instantaneous gratification at all. This is a labor of love. This is a work of intensity. The, oftentimes this work involves reaching out to people who don't even know they need to be reached out to. Sometimes this work involves reaching out to individuals who are angry, who are rejected, uh, individuals who have given up hope, individuals that have walked away, and, and individuals that really feel like there is no hope and hopelessness is there. And so as much as we talk about this issue of domestic violence, we understand there are so many things that plague people's lives. People are dealing with abandonment. They're dealing with rejection. People are dealing with lifelong uh, generational uh, abuse in their lives. People feeling mistreated, misused misguided, misunderstood, misinterpreted, and all of those things contribute oftentimes to uh, some very serious issues. I will tell you that in the midst of so much that is going on, people make decisions when they're up under duress and when they're up under certain stresses. And when those certain stressors come forth, though uh, people react in certain manners that may not always be fruitful, may not always be productive. But in the midst of it all, we want to be that vehicle 
and we want to empower others to be the, that vehicle, to be that shoulder to lean on, to be that source of hope, to be that resource to connect services, and that's what we're all about. For those of you that may be listening tonight, you're listening for the very first time, I want you to know that there, uh, that we definitely have some affiliate sites that you can reach us on. And I want to particularly address you, uh, direct you, I should say, to our uh, Facebook pages. We have some tremendous Facebook pages, uh, particular uh Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship, that's Destiny by Choice, Roman numeral 2 Fellowship. That page there is a very important page. That page there is one that gives you just a contrast. It is about lifting up. It's about inspiration. It's about motivation. It's about encouragement. It's about prayer and praise. It's about testimony. And it's something that we do not apologize for because we're unequivocally, we're unequivocally uh, convinced, we're unequivocally uh, convicted about what we believe in, and that is that we know that there is a peace that we find in God, that there is a God, there is a place of safety that we find in Him, and that we know that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that's right, it does keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus, and we believe that. And I tell you, as you're listening to me, whether live or on a playback, here's an opportunity. If you want to find encouragement, you can find that page there, Destiny by Choice 2, right there on your Facebook page. Just look it up. It is a group that uh, is a drama-free group. So uh, membership, you have to be permitted in the group. But I'm telling you, it will be one of the greatest things that have happened to you. And I'm always so grateful for all of our administrators and all the ones that are involved with it, Uh, definitely our our senior uh, administrator, president, and and everything, um, uh, Ms. Uh, Andy Harlem, she's absolutely incredible. And I'm telling you, as we often go forth inside this show and others, that when you go to that uh, particular Facebook page, as well as our other one, uh, Domestic Violence, it is your business, you can rest assured that the information that we're sharing is oftentimes being uh, enlightened and being posted even as we're speaking. So I want to take the time tonight to encourage you and to uh, to go there to those pages there i'm just always delighted because you know that page uh, we have members that are that, that have tremendous stories and testimonies we have members that are survivors we have members that are overcomers we have members that uh, are doing great things we have members that are uh, entrepreneurs we have members that are that 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 literally have turned their pain into power and that is ultimately what we want to do inside of so much of the work that we do so even tonight, I want you to call a friend, call a neighbor, text, email, post on your Facebook, your Twitter, Instagram. Let them know that they can tune in to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. I am your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here tonight. And I want you to know tonight that there's a lot that we want to get in, that we want to talk about tonight. And um, we want you to understand that though we're only in the second, and I want you to hear this, the second Monday in this new year, we have seen tragedy all around us, tragedy all around us. I may mention on the other week that on the very first day of the new year, before the new year could even get 12 hours old, we had our first adverse murder, which happened to be domestic violence-related, right here in Palm Beach County. And then and the, and the same time that they had the first murder, and um, and violence related right up in Orange County, and so we are dealing with this issue that doesn't go away in just a short year already. And I can tell you, 
there has been much violence and much violence uh, that it is domestic related. Um, sad. Nothing justifies it. Our heart goes out to those that have been impacted, family members, those that are facing hopelessness, and they're making decisions that oftentimes, beloved, you better believe they wouldn't make it if they were in a place of strength. This is about empowering. This is about strength. This is about encouragement. This is about being your brother's and sister's keeper. This here is about making a difference because your life must have a difference. It must have a difference. You must have a sound to your life that makes a difference, that it's more than just about you getting up every day and breathing and you just going to work. Life is so much more important than that, and I want you to know that, that you have purpose. You were created with purpose, for purpose, and on purpose. You're not an accident. You're not an afterthought. You came here with a purpose. You were dispatched from eternity into time with a purpose. And I'm telling you, somebody uh, have to understand that, that you didn't go through what you went through just to go through it. But even in, as you went through it, God was preparing you for the things that you would encounter. God was preparing you for those that would need your voice, that would need your support, that would need your encouragement. And that's what I want you to know tonight. And so as you're listening tonight, I want to remind you, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, Eric code 323 That is how you reach us. That is how you reach us tonight on Hope and Healing, Our Journey to Wholeness. And, it's, um, and I just want you to know that as you come to this page tonight, that there is a message for you. I do believe that there is many things that will be part of the transformation of your life and of your future. And I want you to understand that as you reach for and as you go for this is the time that you're going to find yourself really in a position to make a difference. Uh, so much is happening, and I want you to know if you'd like to be a guest, if you'd like to have a question or comment, just simply hit the uh, number one on your keypad, and when you do so, guess what? We will make sure that we get you on the air. Erico 323-784-9638, that's how you reach us today. And when we come back, right after our first break, we'll be taking calls, and we'll get into our subject matter tonight, which is basically we're talking about domestic violence, people, and we're talking about the fact that we got to save our family because domestic violence affects our families and affect our lives. Right after the break, we'll be back. This is J.R. Fickley. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, and I'll be right back with you right after this break. See you here on the Soul of America Radio and healing a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio, LLC. This is the one and only Soul domestic violence in her lifetime. Every year, nearly three million children witness domestic violence 
right in their homes. Domestic violence is most likely to occur between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. More than 60% of domestic abuse incidents happen right at home. Survivors of domestic violence face high rates of depression, sleep disturbance, anxiety, flashbacks, and other emotional distress. If you or someone that you know is a victim of domestic violence, or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody. You can call the National Hotline right now at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, call Jay Thicklin right now at 1-323-784-9638. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. And now, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, continues with your host, J.R. Thicklin. tonight uh, as you reach a friend a neighbor and you want to definitely uh, talk with them and you want to speak to them about uh, uh, this issue that is going on tonight's topic we're focusing on in on tonight basically we're talking about domestic violence destroys lives so let's save families by saving lives and that's so very important today I could tell you that even as we're seeing the level of hopelessness that is rising among people that families are destroying one another because they feel a sense of hopelessness we must be that hope. We must be that light. We must continue to allow our, allow our voice to shine and ring forth for those that are hurting, the mother that is hurting, who, who may have lost a daughter, who has a daughter that's been injured or a daughter that feels trapped, the father that is hurting because he's lost his little girl or the abuse that are going on, and beyond that, people, even those that have been impacted by the things that they have seen. And so this issue here is one that we can at least afford to be silent on. We have to raise this issue. Because of the fact domestic violence does not discriminate, and I'm telling you, people, there is no particular, there is no particular uh, formula. 
It affects people from every walk of life. It happens to folks from every denomination. It happens across social, economic, and ethnic lines. And so when we begin to deal with this issue of domestic violence, we must also deal with the fact that we're talking about people. I understand the official title, you know, domestic violence, but we're talking about lives. We're talking about people you know. We're talking about people that are your neighbors, people that are your relatives, people that are your friends. And these things happen at a level that people's lives are impacted forever. And that is what makes domestic violence such a tragedy and a travesty because the fact the seed for abuse is planted so early on and from one generation to another being exposed to it and we find ourselves entrapped by these things and that's why we understand that it has to be broken and there's general curses uh, generational curses that have to be broken Eric code 323-784-9638 that's how you get in if you have a question or comment simply hit the number one on your keypad that lets our uh, that lets our producer know that you want to come on the air, and I will get you in on the air as soon as you do that. And so as we are waiting on your call, we do have a call number ending in 7155, and I want to welcome you tonight. Welcome to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. You're on the air. Caller, you're on the hello? air. Yes. Oh, hello, Pastor Jay. This is Diane again. I just want hey, to Diane. Tell you welcome I, tonight. I really enjoy being here every Monday. And I Praise love you Glad the to job have you. that you're doing and the empowerment that you give to so many people that really need this subject and really need to have this chain broken. Absolutely, Diane. You're so right, and you use the right word. It's a chain. We see this reaching from one generation to the other. We see it happening. We're seeing even sons, and that's one of the things I want to say. We're seeing sons that have been so affected by even witnessing their mother go through abuse. We're seeing sons uh, that, are, that are being affected by that today. So we have to help break that chain. Yes, indeed. And so there's so much that has to be done. That's why we have to stand up. We have to speak up. We have to speak out. We have to take every opportunity to educate and to empower because this is something that doesn't just go away. Until we stand up and we reject it, it will continue to happen. That's right. And so I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm always glad to have you. Uh, to call in. I'm always glad to have the, your opinion, your question, your comments. They're always so timely, and, uh, and never more than such a time as this, because we're seeing, uh, we're just seeing so much that is happening uh, all around us. And I want to just say this: oftentimes we talk about the ultimate, you know, the death, someone losing their life due to domestic violence, as that being the thing that really gets people attention. But only thing worse than death is a person who's living from day to day inside of the entrapment of the issue of domestic violence where they feel trapped. They can't do anything. They feel like no one understands, no one listens. And the reality is that uh-huh. sometimes they're afraid to reach out to anyone. They're afraid that people will judge them. They're afraid that someone will, you know, will minimize them. And, and oftentimes uh, they are afraid that they're going to be blamed for it, and too often they are. Uh-huh. So we have a lot of work cut out for us, and that work must be done by each and every individual. And as our page says, domestic violence it is your business. It is all of our business, and we have to understand that it is. So before we take another step, before we, before we uh, act out, before we take another punch, another swing, another swipe, before we begin to attack, we have to understand that this reaches beyond you and that individual. This reaches into the far, far 
uh, deafness of generations to come. And that is what uh-huh. we have to do to eradicate it. The young man who has to deal with the images of seeing his mother thrown down the stairs or seeing his mother bloodied or seeing her beaten down a, a bit over as a result of this abuse, do we ever think about what impact that it has on him psychologically, mentally? What does it do? For the little girl who sees this happening in and out, what does it say to her? What impact does it have? What does it say to her? What message does it send? You know, is a message that thinks that, that normalizes this and say that this is the normal? Or is it a message that says, I don't want to ever have anything to do with men, period? Either way it goes, it is a message that we can least afford to have. We have to have a message uh-huh. that, that begins to talk about what is a healthy relationship, what is one that uh, values you and not devalue you, one that celebrates you and not just tolerate and, de- and, uh, dege- and degenerate you. This is what we must do. And that message has to come from very important people. Number one, it has to come from us as individuals. Number two, it has to come from the community. Thirdly, it has to come from those that consider themselves leaders within the community. It has to come from yeah. entities such as churches and schools and educational system. We have to make sure that domestic violence is not the norm that even as our children are growing up, that they don't think when they don't begin to believe that this is the norm. So having hands put on them, being judged, those things, we have to stop, and we have to stop in a great way. Erico 323-784-9638, that is how you reach us. That is how you reach us tonight here on Hopi Henley, a journey to wholeness. I have another call on the line, number ending and 4956 4956 Welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. You're on the air tonight. You're on the air, caller. Thank you for calling tonight. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Okay. Uh, Perhaps they hit the number by mistake there. Uh, Apparently, I think they, we must have scared them. They hung up. (laughs) But we're always glad to have you to call. Erico 323-784-9638. That's the right number. That's the number you want to call tonight as we're talking about this journey to wholeness, as we're talking about the issue of domestic violence. Domestic violence is not our friend. Domestic violence destroys lives and, therefore, destroys families. I don't know about you, but I want to share something that I think is so important, and that when we consider the fact of children that are exposed to this and how their lives are impacted forever, how their lives are impacted oftentimes forever, for those who are fortunate enough to still have their pen around, the level of confusion that happens in the mind of a child who witnesses domestic violence, who sees this as an ongoing pattern in their household, oftentimes causing children to be angry, causing children to be withdrawn, causing them to be isolated, causing them to oftentimes overachieve and not to mention the ones that underachieve. Kids that oftentimes are searching for their own identity, trying to make sense of this, not understanding this whole cycle that goes through where the abuse has been endured. And abuse have been endured, and yet and still there seem to be this point of cooling off, uh, this point of uh, 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 calling troops, and all of a sudden the victim comes back out, going back to just routine things, although their lives were in danger just a few minutes ago. It sends a message out. Children that see this happening don't uh, oftentimes find themselves not 
knowing how to handle conflict, how to have discussions, how to deal with uh, situations and disagreement. This thing is at the very, very common denominator, at a very low place, at a very common place, because perception is everything. What is it that we say? You know, for those of you that have had to deal with a loved one, a friend, a coworker that have lost their life due to domestic violence or have been severely impacted by it, it is something that you and I must do something about. And that's what we want to open the lines to tonight. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. So glad to have you tonight. That's how you reach us. If you'd like to have a question and a comment, you just simply hit the number one on your keypad and we'll get you right on the air. And for those of you that would like to email your question or comment, you can email it to J Ficklin at Soul of America Radio dot com. That's the letter J T H I C K L I N at Soul of America Radio dot com. I want to share with you just something, and I haven't shared it with this audience in quite a while. I can recall uh, many years ago when I'm, uh, and this was a precursor to me ever getting involved officially in the area of domestic violence. This was a precursor before I ever got there um, at at this place. And, uh, you know, I continue to say uh, that, you know, this was something that God did. It wasn't something I sought out to do. It wasn't something that I uh, that I sought out to do when I went to college. It wasn't that. It was the Lord's doing. And being a minister of the gospel as well, you know, my heart of compassion to understand for those that are uh, those the widows and the, and, and the orphans and those that are defenseless and those individuals, my heart goes out for. But those that have been battered and bruised. And I can recall, I will never forget, I worked at a particular hospital in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. And, and, and at this time, I was working and going to school. And I will never forget my first day of work, uh, my August 10th, 1984, my first day I report to work. And I'll never forget as I'm being introduced to the different staff members, you know, and when you're being orientated, you know, somebody is kind of, kind of showing you the ropes. And I remember when I came back down to the office, it was time for me to take lunch. And uh, the young lady that went to lunch with me, and uh, about two or three of them, they went. It was a late lunch, uh, and, uh, and it was, for some, their shift was about the end. But I recall that on this particular day, this particular Friday, as a matter of fact, that uh, the individuals were getting ready to go, and we had lunch, and they were saying goodbye, uh, have a great weekend. And I remember saying to them, have a great weekend, uh, be safe. See you Monday. Well, people, what I did not realize is that for that individual, that Monday, I would never see her again after that day. Because as I reported to work on that Monday, I recall walking in through that particular entrance, and I heard screaming, I heard uh, crying, I heard wailing of not only the supervisor but other employees that were screaming and crying, and they could not believe what had happened. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. What had happened is that very same coworker that we said goodbye to, have a great weekend, I'll see you on Monday, had just been gunned down in her front yard along with her aunt by her estranged lover, her estranged partner. I want you to hear this. My coworker had just been gunned down in her front yard as she was getting ready to come to work by her estranged partner. He not only gunned her down, but he also killed her aunt. He killed her aunt. 
and this was on a morning where she was on her way to work, as her aunt was, and she was killed. This was in the early hours of the morning, 6 o'clock hours undoubtedly. And uh, he killed her there, left behind two children, a young lady and a, young, a, a daughter and a son. Now, they all, of course, are adults now. And most recently, I ran into the daughter. And my heart goes out because a beautiful young lady that had to grow up without a mother, that grew up, her mother life was snatched from her. Inside of that, in the tragedy of of how that affects you as far as relationship goes, is that you begin to wonder, who do I trust or do I trust anyone at all? And this is the thing that I saw. Uh, you know, and uh, you got to understand that this is something that is so common and it shouldn't be common. People that are living up under this type of duress, children that are living up under these type of things, living lives that they shouldn't have to live, and it, and it just reaches out. It impacts them in ways that you cannot even imagine. So I want you to know tonight that as you reach out, as you reach out and as you begin to have conversation with your neighbors and with your loved one, help be that beacon of light. Help spread the word. Help your individuals, your sons, your daughter, recognize that there is no room for domestic violence, that domestic violence hurt, domestic violence kills, domestic violence uh, take us to a place that we don't want to go. And that's the message we have to keep resounding because domestic violence does destroy lives. Erico code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Erico code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's how you reach us if you'd like to get on the air with us tonight. Hit the number one on your keypad that lets our producer know that you uh, have a question or comment you'd like to make. And even as I say that, uh, just let me know that we have a call that's right now. Call in it in six nine six two. I know this is my familiar friend <laughs> and my colleague, my foe, and not, yeah. not my foe, my friend, my colleague, and yeah. one that I know that's, that is on our way to greatness. Thank you so much tonight, Gloria, for being with us tonight. Good evening. Um, once again, awesome, awesome program. But I have, I have a comment, sure. and I actually wanted to share um, this evening what I um, experienced this this past week. I was sharing with you that I was going to do some volunteer work um, here in Palm Beach County at one of the group home uh-huh. and once and I and I shared my story you know and 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 I just felt the presence of God there because I felt like you know I was I'm here for a reason and for a purpose because nothing happens by accident you know right and so um I want to understand like the politics of everything at this point but this is what happened because I was um going to do this for three more weeks but unfortunately, I have, or whatever the case may be, no problem. But what she had told me was that, you know, the the young ladies were, you know, kind of felt uncomfortable or what have you, and, and then it just so happened some of that was their past. And I was like, well, I felt like, well, um, you know, I didn't want to make it. As, as far as I knew when I left, everything was good because I knew in my heart that I touched someone. And so, but I said all of that to say this. I knew that I was supposed to be there. Um, I knew that my, you know, I that God had called me to do that for that particular moment, whether it was for just that moment 
you know, or as I continue, you know, to move in this county. So it was just, it was just interesting how it just went down this um, this evening because the young lady had told me, you know, was she no longer wanted me to speak on that. So I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, you know, those, but these are some of the questions that I have, you know, as I um, as I move in in this area. So, well. One thing I will say, and I thank you for sharing, Gloria, is that unfortunately mm-hmm. there there is a lot of politics that are involved in any type of thing that helps people. And I'm amazed mm-hmm. because I, I talk about, and this is, a, this is a phrase that I use, I like to think that I'm the one that originated it. I know that I did. I never heard it before. Perhaps I should coin it. But I believe that bureaucracy is the death of any good idea. If you ever want to see a good idea, mm-hmm. a good intent, Kill, let bureaucracy get tied up in it, and that's politics inside of it. And mm-hmm. undoubtedly, you have you had you been at this place be, uh, volunteering for a little bit of time, had you not? No, it actually was just recent. It was just this past week. So and, this is your um, first time volunteering you know, there. Yes, and mind you, it's through a Christian organization, and but it doesn't mean that the the director is a Christian. You know what I'm saying? So um, I was like, well, okay. You know, and I kind of, and and um, mind you, five out of the six young ladies were African-American. One was Caucasian. And I knew in my heart that I was able to touch all of them. But for some Absolutely. reason, you know, you know, so, and so her, what her rebuttal was, was that, well, I'll take over from here so to speak. And I understand, you know, they're established and they don't, you know, they don't want to make too many waves. But I I, I knew in my heart that God had called me for that particular moment for me to share my story and for me to continue to, you know, move within this journey. So, but, you know. <laughs> well, 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 first of all, let me encourage you inside of this. And this is one of the things that for those of you that are listening, uh, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, J.R. Thicklin, and uh, uh, Gloria is calling. Gloria uh, calls. She's a listener. But Gloria also uh, uh, Gloria also works close with me and uh, inside some projects. And I consider Gloria as a person up under my wings. And, uh, and I really uh, I admire what, what God is doing inside of you. But here's the politics, and this is some of the stuff I think I may have warned you of, warned you of and kind of warned your father of yeah. uh, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because what happens so often is that you get individuals like yourself, you have shared your story about being a survivor, and that's what I, I, can, I, I, I refer to you as a survivor. You're no longer a victim. You know, you're a survivor and you're a thriver. Mm-hmm. You know? And so you get survivors <laughs> and, and that have gone through this, and so, therefore, inside of their healing process, inside of what where they're going now, what God has done in their lives, they want to share their story. They want to do something because they don't want anyone to have to go through the things that they had, and they want to help carve away. And the problem is that now we run into bureaucracy, and the bureaucracy oftentimes lies like this. It is a way to be blatantly, if you would, it's a way to blatantly get away with discrimination. And the reality mm. is that you described that there were four African-American young ladies and one Caucasian. And all of a sudden, the mm. director, I, I, I wonder, was the director, was she of color mm. or was she Caucasian? No, she was Caucasian. Yeah. She and was see, Caucasian and, not saying, and the house parents were Caucasian as well. 
Well, unfortunately, and I in our, my, yeah. mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. I no, want to hear your I, I fe- Okay, and and I shared this with my father, you know, earlier this evening, and what he said, you know, because he moves in this town too, he said that she may have felt a little intimidated because here I am, an African-American woman, being able to reach, you know, our African-American young women, and they and she may not have been able to reach them, you know, and in the capacity she would have liked to, you know. Well, so I don't know. Well, but, here's the thing. And this is going to benefit you. And this is going to benefit other listeners out there. And I want you to do that. Yes, I mean, yes. people from coast to coast are listening to this show. And uh, definitely, I mean, if you know my heart or you know my background, uh, there, definitely there's not a racist mm-hmm. bone of contention in my heart. Or my, but the reality right. of my experience, right. the reality of my experience in being involved in this movement nearly 20 years, the reality of my experience of seeing literally the backlash of, uh, of both uh, of of sexism, genderism, and racism inside of this movement. And I'm going to say this to answer this and also to encourage you. Inside of this, what right. happens is this. I promise you that neither one of the the, the clients, uh, those individuals, they were not the ones feeling uncomfortable. They were not the one that was feeling intimidated. The person who was feeling intimidated was the person who said to you that they would take it from there and go that far. Because oftentimes, and regardless, I know that you said this organization is supposedly a Christian organization, and I'm not going to call any names at all, but if the letter starts with a Y, I'm going to shut up right there. I'll say this, that you know what? The history of organizations start off as Christian, but they've gotten away from that mission a long time ago. And so at first they were using the whole scare tactic of saying, well, separation of church and state. Well, separation of church and state has nothing to do with you being able to mention God, Jesus, inside of your establishment. Separation of church and state simply means that you cannot use federal monies or government monies to proselyte someone, That meaning that you cannot make it part of your program, that in order for you to come to our program, you've got to get saved. You've got to come to Jesus. You've got to do that. You can't not do that. And I'm quite sure that's not what you were doing on that day. The reality is mm-hmm. that you – that and I hate to say this, but there are so many organizations and states and, and di- different demographics that are so far behind as, a result, as it relates to the issue of domestic violence. It, 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 they're behind inside of understanding the reality of victims. I spent a, nearly a whole week last week in Washington, D.C., and I was there on the behalf. I was there uh, attending an institute orientation I presented at this institute uh, of the Office of Violence Against Women. And this was particularly dealing with what they call culturally-linguistic-specific uh, programming. What did I say? Mm-hmm. Culturally-specific. So they were dealing with the issue of culturally-specific issues, understanding that one size doesn't fit all, understanding that one approach does not fit all, that when you're dealing with a person who may have gone through victim of domestic violence or whatever it is, that you're not just dealing with that issue itself, you're dealing with everything that comes along with it. So guess what? They may have been victims or survivors of domestic violence, but they came with that and a whole lot of things. And so sometime in addressing that, we have to understand their cultural norms. What is it that they identify with? Everyone doesn't identify with what the mainstream identifies with. And I am almost sure to say that if, you was, if there was a predominantly uh, audience of color, that these individuals had a background inside of faith, and I, I didn't hear what you said, but I know from being around you that I'm quite sure somewhere along the line you was giving thanks to God for not only keeping mm-hmm. you and delivering you out of that situation. 
Mm-hmm. Now, had that been yeah. some magic pill, had that been some type of five-step, 12-step backup program that you was giving credence to, had, would not, there would probably have been nothing said. And yet it's still that does not express the opinion of the people you were really talking to. This is oftentimes the opinion of those that are hired in these positions. And it is the reason why I continue to say to people of color especially that you and I must stand up in this day and hour, understand how important it is that we reach out to our people inside of these issues because too many times they are stripped of their identities and are stripped of their experience when they go to a lot of mainstream places, not all but many of them, they do not want to acknowledge their cultural experience, their cultural upbringing, their cultural understanding, mm-hmm. and therefore, if you cannot acknowledge that, then you're not doing full service. What you're doing is saying, mm-hmm. I want you to conform to what we are saying. That is not real service of victims or service of individuals. We must meet them where they are, and we must acknowledge their voice. We must stand with them. We must give them what they need. We're there to serve them. And that's not to serve them a bunch of our stuff. It's to serve them where their needs are. So we have to understand what has been their cultural experience. I mean, did, I mean, does this did this individual even know? You know, what might have been these individuals' experience? You know, how faith may have played a part inside of that. How faith could have played an even greater part through what you shared. You know, some people remain in an abusive relationship because their understanding of their faith. Because someone have told them that they can't leave. Someone have told them divorce. You know, God hates divorce. If God, you know, God hates this and that. And so they may be bound there. They may be bound there because someone said. You got to stay there and submit yourself and that your suffering is unto the Lord. Well, that's just bad teaching. That's bad understanding. But by the same token, when someone is able to say that I got out of this by the grace of God, and I remember praying because this individual had threatened me, had a gun to my head and said what they were going to do. But I prayed and asked God, Lord, if you get me out of this, what I would do, and God got you out. Listen, how can you be silent about that? Right. You can't be silent about it. So I want to encourage you, and I and I want you to I want you to know. Listen, that is the politics sometimes that happens, but that is the reason why we continue to work, and we have to work collectively inside of raising the issue because there are culturally specific issues that relate to communities of color. When I was in D.C. this past week, one of the things that I want you to hear me and everyone that's listening, because one of the things that was so bright and one of the rewarding things about there was that listen. We are seeing other minorities and other special interest groups understand the dynamics of how this issue affects their lives, how it affects their relationship, how it affects their families, how it affects everything. And those entities have gone out to establish their organization. They've gone out and they're going after whatever federal monies or whatever monies they can get to support it. While I was in D.C., whether it was, and I'm telling you one of the, one of the, one of the just cutting-edge uh, uh, programs out there was a Latino program uh, called Casa de de Esperanza. And they're out of Minnesota, Mm -hmm. they're out of other places, and this is addressing, uh, you know, definitely Latin American women, uh, Hispanic women, inside of the issue of domestic violence, because oftentimes they feel the same type of thing that we do, that a lot of the mainstream services are not meeting their needs, they're not being taken seriously, they're not considering their experiences inside of their cultural context. That is happening. Another group that was out there, and there were several groups that represented these groups, was the Asian Pacific uh, Institute. 
against domestic violence. These are women of Asian uh, persuasion that was there. And I'm telling you, these women are doing tremendous work inside of moving the efforts forward. There were women and men there from, from um, let me make sure I get it right, from the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender community from different sectors mm-hmm. of the country because the fact they mm-hmm. talked about their issues in dealing with domestic violence or where they're discriminated against. And it's amazing, out of all those entities I named, you did not hear me say anything about faith until I began to speak. And there, excuse me, right. let me take that back. There was a couple of entities there was there from the Jewish communities and different Jewish uh, uh, places and different uh, Native American Indians had their different groups there. And what I'm saying to you mm-hmm. that is interesting that the mainstream oftentimes wants to take a broad stroke and want to pretend to be the experts inside of everyone's experience, and they're not. And even in this case here, and I want to encourage you, because, see, this is the politics that happens. But we're here to break down those barriers. We're here to break down. But the only way that we can break down those barriers is that we must educate our people. We must empower our people. We must come together, and we must stand and let the masses know that we're not oblivious to this. We understand the impact of this, and we understand the value of our own worth the value of who we are, the value of what we bring to the table. No one can take away your experience. No one can take away that experience. I don't care who they are. They can have, a, they can have enough degrees behind their name that they're a thermometer. It does not <laughs> replace and does not uh, diminish who you are and what you've done inside of your walk, your journey inside of that. So what I want you to know is that you and I will talk out, or we'll talk uh, off the air, we'll get a chance to talk, and guess what? We will simply just continue mm-hmm. to do the work that we're doing, provide other opportunities, and you'll get a chance to share that story and strengthen others. Because as you said earlier, you know, and I know, but you know, that God has did this in you for a reason, and he did not do it for you to remain silent. He's done it so that you can go out there and help rescue, help empower, help enrich, help educate so many others that are going through this. Area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's how you reach us right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. You listen to Hope and Healing: A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'll be right back with you after the break. If you want to call, you want to be on, simply hit the number one on your keypad. We'll be right back right after this break. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 323-784-9638. 
323-784-9638. You give Jay a call right now. And now, back to the show. abuse, you name it. But we also deal with the issue of abandonment, rejection, grief, 
loss, divorce, whatever it may be, it is an area and a platform where we not only educate, but a place that we help bring you to a place of hope that you may begin the process of healing, that you will complete that journey of wholeness. And that is what we're about every Monday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is where you can reach us at. And from coast to coast, this is where you can find us. And we're so excited tonight to still be on the air. Uh, we've uh, had some great callers tonight. And we've talked about this issue how domestic violence destroys lives. And that's the reason why we have to continue to do the work that we're doing, whether we're doing this work through the, uh, I mean, by way of education, lecture, music, uh, plays, movies. Those are the things that are important uh, over the last few weeks, uh, two weeks. We've had uh, Cynthia Wilson on, uh, the writer, the author, and playwright uh, of the stage play, Battered But Not Broken. And those of you that may be listening in the South Florida area or have relatives and friends, uh, that stage play is January 24th and 25th. It's taking place at the Miramar Culture Center in Miramar, Florida. And for more information, simply go to www.miramarculturalcenter.org. Or you can definitely visit our page as well, uh, Domestic Violence. It is your business. There's information there as well as uh, Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship page. So that is where I want to direct you tonight. Listen, we're coming up on the home stretch here, about 30 minutes left in the programming um, tonight, and we're so glad. We've had a couple of callers that have called in. Thank you so much, Diane and Gloria. Uh, very, uh, very much appreciated comments inside of what we're talking tonight. But if you're listening tonight, area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638, and you desire to make a comment, have a question, or like to share with us tonight, simply hit the number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to come on the air, and we'll get you on the air to definitely entertain your question and or your comment tonight. Truly, uh, when we left off, uh, we were talking about some issues that are a little different, and we experienced that. Uh, Gloria was talking about her experience that she had uh, working, volunteering for this organization. And she went there sharing her story and feeling all energetic and felt the spirit of God, uh, you know, as she began to thank God for what he had done and delivered her out of her abusive situation, no longer a victim. She's a survivor and a thriver. And what happens? Man. You get the person who's in charge, who doesn't look like her, who doesn't represent even the majority that was in the house, and just basically said, I'll take it from here. Your services, not in this fashion, is no longer needed. So as much as I can stand and really give a lot of credence to what happened, understand the fact that victims feel that way too. When we begin to strip a victim of any part of who they are, any part of their culture, we are doing a disservice by every stretch of the imagination. And when that happens, we have a responsibility to correct that because, understand, the victim is the person who is in need. We have to be able to meet them where they are. You don't take them and say, look, conform to who we are. You must meet them where, uh, where they are, that we may do the greatest work inside of serving them. Tonight we've been simply talking about Domestic violence destroys lives. So let's, what, let's save families and therefore let's save lives. And all around, we're seeing travesty and tragedies happen all over uh, the country as it relates to domestic violence. Uh, first day of the new year in, in Florida alone, here in our area, Palm Beach County, as well as in central Florida and Orange County, before the day was even 12 hours, we had domestic violence murder 
that have taken place. And since that time, we've had domestic violence-related incidents. We've had individuals shot. We've had individuals killed. We've had all of these things to take place here in such a short time. Listen, the, the year is only 13 days in, and we're seeing the proliferation of violence like never before. We have to stand up. We have to speak out, and we must continue to provide that educational platform. Someone said, what is it that I could do to stop it? Well, first of all, you can help spread the word. Second of all, you can help support venues that are that are doing this work. You know, um, uh, Cynthia Wilson's Battered But Not Broken stage play that's coming to South Florida is one that I spent considerably amount of time on the phone today making connections and talking to different entities and saying it must happen. I talked to a few individuals that talked about, well, can you get it to Palm Beach County? Well, I, as I said to them, I would love to work on that. But for right now, I think that what we should do is go down and support what's happening there in Broward County and support it so that it can uh, have uh, the support that it needs. And then we can observe and see what they did and what they didn't do to help make it successful. But this issue is not a geographical issue. It's one that crosses every area. It doesn't matter whether you live on the east side of the tracks or the west side of the tracks. It doesn't matter whether you drive a BMW or push a skateboard. The reality is that domestic violence crosses over into many lives, and it's the greatest form of deception and torment that anyone can live with. There's nothing like believing someone loves you, and really they, uh, what they show you is not love. It's nothing like believing that someone who says they will hold you and someone that says that they, they will cherish you, and the reality is is the fact that they torment you. They terrorize you. And so tonight we want to continue along these lines here. What is it that we can do to help change lives? Eric code 323 that's how you reach us. Uh, if you'd like to uh, have a comment, a question, or just like to share with us, simply hit the number one on your keypad, and we'll get you on the air and have you to share with us tonight. Perhaps you tonight, you're a survivor. Maybe you've come out of a domestic violence situation. Perhaps you're tonight and there's someone that you know that is dear to you, that you know that is in danger, whether it be a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, a fraternity, a brother, a, a, a sorority sister, whoever it may be. The issue is, is that it affects people from every walk of life. Families that deal with the issue of domestic violence, it is something that don't immediately go away. Children oftentimes experience a lifetime of issues from domestic violence because it lasts a lifetime. Everything that, uh, from alcoholism, oftentimes acting out, from depression, from imprisonment, from uh, dealing with COPD, suicide, failure in school, you name it, it goes on. Uh, dealing with oftentimes uh, acting out animal abuse. I can recall several years ago, many years ago, when I worked for a domestic violence center, and I'll never forget this little boy that came into our shelter, no, no more than seven years old. And um, one of the issues was the fact that uh, he had witnessed his, his father was very abusive to his mother, of course. That's why they were there. But this young boy had been so impacted by this domestic violence that I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you that literally that he had received a pet for uh, his birthday, a little puppy, a dog. This young boy literally broke the little dog's neck through abuse. And unfortunately, animal abuse is one of those signs, is one of those correlations that we see uh, with those that are experiencing or exposed to domestic violence. We see it happen. Many times perpetrators will oftentimes um, uh, hurt or attempt to hurt the victim by 
herding their animal, herding their pet. Uh, I've seen it. I've known of it happening where you have a perpetrator to have taken the cat of uh, their partner and put the cat in the microwave and, and say cruel things like, it'll be all right because it has nine lives. Well, those type of things that have happened over a period of time. Uh, and these things are, are that are so... Uh, Real. They're so fulfilling. They're so uh, they're devastating, should I say? And they're they're affecting people on every level. We see it happening. Uh, that's one of the reasons that over a period of time, shelters had to change their perspective. I can recall back in the uh, mid '90s, and and I would see uh, uh, people coming in, victims that wanted to come to shelter. Many of them decided to stay in an abusive relationship simply because the shelter did not allow animals at the time. Did not allow their dogs, did not allow their birds, did not allow their cats. And a person would re- they rather stayed in an abusive relationship than to leave the animal behind for three reasons. Number one, the animal oftentimes was their companion. Number two, oftentimes in fear of what the perpetrator would do to their pet. But thirdly, also, uh, the, to be separated from their animal, their pet, kept them on edge greater than the danger that they lived in. So it's a reality, and we see it happening inside of that. Our children that are exposed to domestic violence, it's not a normal. It's not normal, and we cannot normalize this thing. We must continue to speak up and speak out against it, that this is not healthy. This is not a way of life. This is not the way that we should be seeking uh, to live life. Our children are affected by this. And I think that's one of the things about the stage play that's coming as I've, uh, as I've, uh, I've had a conversation with Miss Wilson and, and, and just different scenes where we see a young girl who was exposed to domestic violence grow up inside of the domestic violence and, you know, and we see the impact of what it has on their life. And that is the thing that we must also keep in mind um, is the fact that children do grow up. They grow up. And when they've grown up being exposed to this type of violence, this does show up. Um, you know, um, yeah, you know, it is um, something that we have to look at. It is something that we have to take into consideration. We have to understand, therefore, that the, even the even the the present abuse, the present abuse, cannot even begin to tell you what the forecast is later on, because children's lives uh, are are crippled. They are impacted in ways more than we can even think of. You know, the anxiety. It's oftentimes children wanting to commit suicide, uh, sense of victimization. All of these things are something that happens that affect us from every walk of life. And I just want to be able to open up tonight. Perhaps you have a question or comment. Uh, Eric 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us, Eric 323-784-9638. Uh, just simply hit the number one on your keypad if you have a question or comment that you would like to bring tonight. Uh, we're always glad to have you. Gloria, were you, were you trying to say something again? Oh yes, um, I had I had one other comment. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. Was it? Oh, I did talk to um, a good colleague of yours, Sandra Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dawkins, and right. she said, um, uh, you know, talking about the politics and everything like that, and because you know it's it's tough, but it's you know if you're willing to put in the work, it can be done. So there's nothing impossible. <laughs> So um, in talking with, you know, with her and she was willing to, you know, because there's some people within her organization that is trying to get started as well. So at least that was a positive side. You know, I always look at the positive. 
you know, never the negative. But I, it's just it's just amazing, you know, as I'm going through this and just to just to see, you know, how you know well, and um Well it's it's a sad thing. it's a very sad thing because yeah. politics become involved inside of it and, and when you wanna reach out to people and here's something I'm gonna say and I, I don't mind I'll stand by to, um you know, uh, they didn't hire me mm-hmm. so they can't fire me. I just kinda said this way right. here. The the reality is is this that there are a lot of people that shouldn't be working with people, period, in social services. There are a lot of people mm-hmm. that should not be working with people because, number one, they don't have the right, they don't have the right um, attitude, they have the wrong perspective, and therefore they're more harmful. They're toxic more than they're being uh, healing agents inside of this. And so what we see is the politics that continue to go on, but we cannot allow that to be our norm. We have, we have to stand up and challenge these type of issues because if we don't, what happens, we continue to uh, we continue to reward this type of backwards thinking. And so I can mm-hmm. recall many years ago when I worked inside of shelter, and I can recall that very thing as being a question. You know, uh, you can't say anything about being faith. You can't say anything about being a man of God. You can't say anything about God. I mean, you can't. I, I was given so many can'ts. I mean, like, who was I going to be? I mean, you stripped me of my identity. And mm-hmm. so the fear, and it was interesting that after I won the Governor's Award and uh, for educating, uh, that all of a sudden this great idea, well, maybe you should go out and start talking a little bit more to the faith community. <laughs> interesting, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. when something is positive that benefits yeah. them and they think that it's going to, then, then, then they, I call it pimping. You know, that's the only term I can come for, <laughs> that when people want to pimp, they yeah. want to pimp you when it's going to benefit them. But the, the, the bottom line is know your gift, know your worth. Know your message. Know your gift. Know your work. Know your message. Don't let anyone stifle your message. Let don't do not let them silence your voice. You've gone too much through mm-hmm. too much to have your voice silenced. And so it just goes to say mm-hmm. to you that even as you, the thing I say is just make sure that where God is leading you to inside of what He's put in your heart to do, that you will be bigger than that. You will be bigger than that. You will stand above that type of pettiness that you dare not silence the voice of one who might be empowering simply because you feel uncomfortable or because you may be intimidated by your by your situation. I've seen too many people that are hired inside of shelters that really need help. They need, I mean, and I've seen the attitudes where they re-victimize victims. And so inside of their re-victimization of victim, that doesn't help any. And we have to be very careful of that because of the fact those are the type of things that impact people in a way that oftentimes um, uh, leaves a greater bruise than even sometimes the perpetrator. And we have to be very mindful of those type of things because when we, when we injure people, we injure them in a way that lasts a lifetime. And we have to be willing uh, to understand that we're not lords over anyone's lives. That, that we're not. Right. But we're there to assist. We're there to empower. We're there to serve. We're there to do that. And uh, that's what we have to be encouraged to do. As always, mm-hmm. Gloria, I always thank you so much for your comments. Yeah. And I always thank you for being with us. And hang, hang in there. Be encouraged. Know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, know that uh, there's a whole other venue and a whole other platform that's being created uh, with you in mind. And, uh, and, and, and that's yeah. going to happen. And you're going to continue to make the difference that you was meant to make. And uh, you can rest assured yeah. that will be the case. 
and Sadabat. Thank you for always for being with yes. us, always. Continue to listen to Thank us as, as we get ready to take our final break here in just one moment. Area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us tonight. If you have a question and or comment, we'll love to hear from you tonight because domestic violence does destroy lives. It destroys families. It destroys generations. It does. It destroys. It makes one search for their identity, trying to understand what happened. It definitely leaves a place of emptiness in one's life, and it is something that we can least afford to to minimize. Um, I continue to look, and I've been in this long enough now to have seen a few generations of children, children that are survivors of um, murdered parents, that, that they survived uh, the fact that their mother or their father, in some cases mother and father being uh, you know, killed in, in domestic violence homicides and sometimes domestic violence homicide, suicide type things. And um, as I talk to these children oftentimes and, 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 you know, hearing their account of what's happened, some react different from others, depending on the situation oftentimes, depending on how much time has um, has uh has elapsed since the time of their uh, loved one's murder. And for some, the pain is so very fresh. It is fresh, the question of why. I've dealt with some that even blame themselves inside of it. And yet still, there are some that I've seen a degree of resilience, or what appears to be resilience, like you'll never know. But I know that when it's all said and done, that your pain can be turned into power. Not power for us, abusive power, controlling power, but power for us and energy, part part of an energy and part of an uh, influence that can make a difference in others' lives. And that's what I challenge. Each and every one of you to do is to dig deep down inside, reach out, reach out. Just like we have to reach out for help, we have to reach out to help others inside of this. This is something that we all must be a part of. This is not a one-woman show, a one-man show. Domestic violence, it is our business. And after the break, it'll be our final break, and we're going to come and prepare to wrap up. Uh, taking our last questions and comments right after the break, area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us today. Just hit number one on your keypad, and we will get with you right after the break. Healing a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio LLC. This is the one and only Soul. domestic violence in her lifetime. Every year, nearly 3 million children 
witness domestic violence right in their homes. Domestic violence is most likely to occur between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. More than 60% of domestic abuse incidents happen right at home. Survivors of domestic violence face high rates of depression, sleep disturbance, anxiety, flashbacks, and other emotional distress. If you or someone that you know is a victim of domestic violence, or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody. You can call the National Hotline right now at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, call Jay Thicklin right now at 1-323-784-9638. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. And now, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, continues with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And we're in the final stretch of our program tonight, and I think each and every one of you that have listened, whether by way of uh, the Internet or by way of phone, uh, thank you for your uh, calls, your questions, your comments, and always your presence on the line tonight. I thank you because I consider each one of you a partner inside of uh, addressing this plight, that the reality is, is that our silence perpetuates the violence, and that if we never speak up and speak out, then guess what? There have been too many lives and too much bloodshed and too much hurt and too much generational uh, entrapments that will continue to go on. You might ask the question then, how do we know that we're making a difference? I promise you that we are. What I do know is that if we sit and do nothing, then no difference is made at all. What I do know is that if we pretend that the issue doesn't exist, then we only give, we only give affirmation and we give permission to the situation to happen. I know first and foremost, that it can become very frustrating that when you don't see necessarily the support from others out there and other entities that you think that should be doing the work, or when you don't find understanding, you don't find the partnership that you're looking for, it can be frustrating. It can be something that can be even discouraging. But I want you to understand that you have to be driven by more than just the fact of someone's affirmation. You have to be driven by the fact that you know that this is the right thing to do. And you have to know that this is your part of the vineyard. This is your part where you make a difference. No, you don't have to be an expert. As a matter of fact, I often shun at the very uh, label of being an expert because I believe in the way of this Russian proverb. I believe to the expert there's only one answer. 
but to the student there are many possibilities. And the reality is that we'll always and we should always want to be a student, a student of life, a student of humanity, a student of the spirit, a student of people. Because if we're open to that, then guess what? We'll always learn and we'll always live. In the words of old um, author, <laughs> oh boy, Persian author by the name of Doris Lessing, she talked about learning. She said what learning is is that when you recognize something that you've understood your whole life, but you now understand it in a brand new way, that's what learning is. And I believe until we open up our minds, our minds are like a parachute. It's not worth anything until it's open. And once we open up our mind and be willing to uh, learn and be willing to listen, because when people are in trouble, they need, they need you to listen. Rather than advice, they need simply you to listen. They need you to listen. Before you can give advice, simply listen. Sometimes not only do they want to be heard by you, but sometimes they need to be heard even by themselves. And so don't underestimate the difference that you can make. Are you willing to stand up and speak out? Are you willing to even donate to the cause? Are you willing to volunteer your time, your effort? Are you willing to show yourself ready? You have the means? Why not donate? Why not volunteer yourself? Instead of helping an organization that is addressing the issue of domestic violence and child abuse and those type of things. Perhaps you're listening today. You're a member of a church or perhaps you're even a pastor of a church that are listening. I want you to know that there's much that you can do and that there's much responsibility that falls into the lap of the kingdom. I believe as kingdom people, as kingdom of believers, that we have a responsibility once again to the poor and the widow, the downtrodden, the broken, the battered, and the abused. For we're told in both Isaiah and as well as the book of Luke, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and have anointed me. And not only have he anointed me to preach the gospel, but he's anointed me to bind up the broken heart, to set at liberty those that are captive and those that are bruised, to set them free. And I believe that we have that responsibility. And whether that responsibility is solely through the preaching of the word or whether that responsibility is through programmatical implementation within our churches and ministries or whether that, whether that, uh, that ministry is that part of simply listening and holding support groups, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to our children and our children's children. We have a responsibility to our families and our community. We have a responsibility ultimately and foremost, to God. And so the question is asked, am I my brother's keeper? I think you have to answer that question. That's not one that somebody else can answer for you. I think that you have to answer that question there because that question falls right in the very, uh, right in the very uh, pit, in the very center of your core being. Because if you're going to understand your purpose, if you're going to understand the fact that you're not here just to get along, you're not here just to sojourn through life, but we're here to make a difference. We're here to affect change. We're here to, to, to uh, undo the things that have held, that has held us captive and bound. And that we understand that because we've been created with this purpose and for this purpose and on this purpose, that, listen, that we are powerful when we are moving inside of that purpose. I believe very simply that when we're in alignment with our assignment, <laughs> there's no force that can stop us. So our prayer is to get in alignment with our assignment, find our niche. What is it that we can do to make a difference, to make a difference in the lives of those that have been impacted by the issue of domestic violence? I'm glad that you joined us tonight. I want to give you a reminder again, go to our uh, Facebook pages, both Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship, that's Destiny by Choice, number on, on uh, Roman numeral 2, 
most encouraging, inspirational page that you will find on Facebook. It is there to encourage through scriptures, through songs, through intervention. We have the daily, uh, we have the daily bread, and uh, we have also uh, uh, a roll call every morning. We're in the midst of our Daniel fast for 21 days. Uh, there's much going on there. We have the Bible trivia challenge. We have the shout out Saturday, and we just have a great time. Go there. You want to find something positive on Facebook, there you go. Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship page. That page is manned, as is uh, our sister page there by Indy Harlem, who's done an excellent job in making sure that this happened. I'm telling you, the greatest greatest group of people you ever want to meet, you'll find them there at Destiny by Choice 2. And then our sister page, Domestic Violence, it is your business. It is a page that you will find not only encouragement, but you'll find information that will educate you and empower you. Even right now, tonight, in the things that we've shared, you're going to find information not only about the hotline, you're going to find information about the issues, how domestic violence affects children, and ways that we can make a difference. That is how we do. We stand united because teamwork makes the dream work. And I want us to work together to make this effective. And until next time, I want you also to keep in mind about Cynthia Wilson's uh, inspirational stage play, Battered But Not Broken, coming to the Miramar Cultural Center on January 24th and 25th. That's right, January 24th and 25th. Go to the uh, website, www.miramarculturalcenter.org, in order to purchase your ticket. Uh, Go to our, our Facebook pages to find out more information. And until next time, this is... J.R. Thickland, and I'm thanking you for joining us on tonight. And be encouraged. Be alert. Don't let anyone silence your voice. Keep strong to your mission. And until that time, I'll see you next week. God bless you.
have much to bring My heart's torn to pieces It's my offering 